Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Good morning and welcome to SNC-Lavalin's second quarter 2020 earnings conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then 1 on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Denis Jasmine, Vice President, Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining the call. I hope you have all been keeping safe over the past few months. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in today. A Q2 earnings announcement was released this morning, and we have posted a corresponding slide presentation on the investors section of our website. The recording of today's call and its transcript will also be available on our website within 24 hours. With me today are Ian Edwards, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Jeff Bell, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer. Before we begin, I would like to ask everyone to limit themselves to one or two questions to ensure that all analysts have an opportunity to participate. You're welcome to return to the queue for any follow-up questions. I would like to draw your attention to slide two. Comments made on today's call may contain forward-looking information. This information, by its nature, is subject to risk and uncertainties, and as such, actual results may differ materially from the views expressed today. For further information on these risks and uncertainties, please consult the company's relevant filings on CIDAR. These documents are also available on our website. Also during the call, we may refer to certain non-IFRS measures. These measures are defined and reconciled with comparable IFRS measures in our MDNA, which can be found on CIDAR and our website. Management believes that these non-IFRS measures provide additional insight into the company's financial results, and certain investors may use this information to evaluate the company's performance from period to period. And now I'll pass the call over to Ian Edwards. Ian? Thanks, Denis. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and I hope you're all well and managing safely through the current situation. Please turn to slide five. You'll have seen this morning we announced the transformation plan for the resources services. I'm pleased to say we have concluded both the review of all options and finalized the business plan for its transformation and restructure. We've already moved to into the implementation of this plan that expects to see the resources as a pro- profitable services offering, complementing our engineering service capabilities in primary markets. I'll cover more about this later. SNCL Engineering Services has been resilient through COVID-19 and delivered strong results and cash flow from operations. However, SNCL projects has been impacted by COVID-19, resulting in losses. While no one quite know what to expect as lockdown started, we quickly took action to transition to remote working and adjust, and, and adjust our cost base. Our decisive actions, underpinned by the strategic direction we launched a year ago, 
have seen the business we're taking forward well positioned, both for resilience in the pandemic and for growth in the future. Our SNCL engineering services business as a broad business mix and the essential nature of our long-term contracts, particularly with governments, make this business resilient. For SNCL projects, we continue to reduce our LSTK backlog and the resources LSTKs remain on track to be largely completed by the end of the year. This gives us greater visibility as we enter the final phases of the projects. COVID-19 did impact negatively on our SNCL projects with resulting project reforecasts. In addition, we adjusted for approximately 70 million on a resources LSTK project where we've had ongoing warranty and claims disputes that have escalated in the quarter and COVID has impacted our ability to mobilize resources to site, rectify issues and negotiate a satisfactory conclusion. We do not consider this to be representative of the general performance of the LSTK rundown. Our financial position is strong, generating 130 million of operating cash flow in the quarter with total cash on the balance sheet of 1.6 billion and a low debt level. Turning to slide six and our plan for the transformation of the resources business. This has been a priority since I took over as CEO a year ago. At the time, I said we would explore all options with regard to this business. And as such, we undertook a strategic review to thoroughly assess the most effective path to deal with this underperforming business. This review was extensive and took into account both the shift in the oil industry and COVID-19. We now have a comprehensive plan in place to transform and restructure the resources business. Our conclusion is that the best return for the long-term shareholders is to transform and reposition resources as a services offering that complements our engineering capabilities in primary markets with clients where we have a track record of executing profitable work. This means we will focus on markets in the Americas and Middle East where we can work together with our other professional services and project management businesses. We will wind down all of the geographies through closures and sales. We have recently agreed to the sale of South Africa resources business with 1,800 employees and the divestment of our, of our European fertilizer business. This follows the closure in March of Valeris in the US. Revenues for the transformed services business are expected to represent circa 10% of the overall company's 2021 revenues. This contrasts 23% in 2019. Turning to slide seven, you can see some of the projections for transitioning the resources services offering to profitability. We expect the business to break even in the first half of 21 and turn to a profit for that year. This forecast is based on a number of elements, including a rigorous approach to project selection with stronger opportunities for new business wins, a significant reduction in overhead costs, and deep relationship with spe specific international oil companies and national oil companies in our primary markets. On slide eight, we'll look at our progress on the LSTK backlog, a key milestone in our future success. Firstly, on backlog, we are on track to complete most of the resources LSTKs by the end of the year. On the right-hand graph, you can see a significant increase in Q2 losses over recent quarters. 
This was due to taking a $70 million charge on a completed project in the Middle East, as noted earlier. We don't see this representative of current performance, and we have much clearer line of sight on all outstanding completion risks. We would highlight, however, there are still uncertainties around COVID impacts. Turning to slide nine, we've recorded a $19 million loss in infrastructure as projects have been affected by postponement, suspension, and productivity losses. Even with the impacts of COVID-19 in the last quarter, you can see over a 12-month period, we've actually achieved a slight positive segment EBIT on these projects. For the infrastructure projects, we expect that these will be cash flow positive over their remaining project life as these continue to phase out. We remain on track to complete this infrastructure backlog in 2024. Turning to slide 10, the performance of SNCL engineering services was strong with a solid segment adjusted EBIT margin compared to Q2 2019 and only a modest revenue decrease in what was an unprecedented quarter. The resilience in engineering services is seen through nuclear, EDPM and infrastructure services is largely due to the strong weighting to government work, long-term contracts and uninterrupted services for essential operation and maintenance activities. Please turn to slide 11. The resilience of EDPM in COVID-19 is a key element in this quarter's results. COVID impact is primarily in the Middle East and specific business lines such as aviation and commercial buildings. However, <clears throat> through quick mitigation actions, EDPM has performed well. In March, we were able to quickly trans transition to remote working with little impact on productivity. We've continued to invest in our digital future, which is driven by EDPM, but central to the whole company as we transform. Business winning has continued across all geographies, and we have a clear line of sight through 2020. Strong relationships with governments have seen us supporting efforts around COVID-19, and we're seeing opportunities in the UK, US, and Canada for innovative and digital solutions as countries make investment plans for COVID-19 recovery. Please turn to slide 12. The portfolio of nuclear services that we offer, combined with cost controls, has delivered target EBIT margins, despite some projects being slowed with COVID-19. The level of new contracts and long-term nuclear contracts gives us firm belief and visibility in nuclear's continued strength. Our nuclear business has been strong in winning business in all core geographies and across the breadth of markets, such as nuclear technology, and decontamination and decommissioning. Moving to slide 13, our infrastructure services business also proved resilient through COVID-19 <laughs> with many essential O&M and services contracts operating as normal. The government of Canada awarded a scope to provide 100 bed mobile care units to be deployed across the country to add flexibility to care healthcare system. We've won an award to provide services to refurbish and expand the hydro generating station in Ontario. And, and as an example of another innovative solution through collaboration with teams across the world, we identified and developed our ASRI concept, accelerating shovel-ready infrastructure to help governments expedite post-COVID infrastructure investments. We are in positive discussions with a number of governments on how we can bring our expertise as a project integrator and drive rapid collaborative developments using ASRI. Turning to slide 14, 407 ETR announced earlier this month that it was seeing modest 
but steady improvements in traffic volumes. We continue to strongly believe in the long-term value of Highway 407 ETR. Our other concessions saw minimal impact from COVID-19. On slide 15, I want to take a minute and highlight the release of our 2019 sustainability report and our goals here. To align with our business strategy, we've focused on three UN sustainability development goals as priorities, affordable and clean energy, sustainable cities and communities, and climate action. I'd invite you to read more on these in our sustainability report and on our website. Across environmental, social, and governance elements, we have plans aligned to the UN goals and good performance in terms of ESG. Safety and integrity are core values, and we have active programs addressing diversity and inclusion across our business. So I'd like to move to slide 16 and conclude my remarks before Jeff takes you through more detail on the key two numbers. We are a year into our transformation journey, and I'm extremely proud of the achievements we've made as a company through this period. As a leading global professional services and project management company, SNC Lavalin is strongly positioned to meet and deliver growing demands for engineering services in the post-COVID stimulus, particularly in innovative solutions for infrastructure. In Q2, we've performed well on engineering services, continue to strengthen our position, and announce our plans for the resources business. I'm disappointed to have the loss in LSTK, but we have continued to progress the backlog down and the resources LSTKs are in the final quarters. I'm really excited about our future. And with that, I'll pass to Jeff. Thank you. Thank you, Ian, and good morning, everyone. Before I begin, just a quick note on our financial presentation. As you may have seen, effective from the second quarter, we are now presenting the financial results of capital outside of SNCL Engineering Services. Capital is a core part of our business, and this is only a reclassification and does not require any restatements. We believe that presenting it this way makes it simpler and clearer. Now let's turn to slide 18, where I will summarize the second quarter results. The company reported an IFRS net loss attributable to SNC Lavalin shareholders of $112 million, or 64 cents per diluted share in Q2 2020, compared with a net loss of 2.1 billion, or $12.07 per diluted share, the corresponding period in 2019, as Q2 2019 included significant non-cash goodwill impairment charges related to the company's resources segment and unfavorable reforecasts on certain LSTK construction projects. The Q2 2020 net loss includes restructuring costs of $47 million after taxes, mainly related to the resources services transformation and EDPM. Resizing the resources business will result in expected one-time restructuring costs in 2020 of 50 to $60 million, with $30 million of this restructuring charge incurred in the second quarter. The adjusted net loss from PS and PM in Q2 2020 amounted to $38 million, or $0.22 cents per diluted share, compared with an adjusted net loss of $300 million, or $1.71 per diluted share in the corresponding period in 2019. The company continues to have a strong financial position. At the end of June, we had $1.6 billion of cash on hand and an additional $1.5 billion available to be drawn on the revolver credit facility. At the end of June, the net recourse debt to EBITDA ratio on the revolver credit facility, calculated in accordance with the terms of the company's credit agreement, was one time, well below the required covenant level of 3.75 times. At a sector level, if you turn to slide 19, you will see a breakdown of SNCL engineering services. 
As Ian indicated, the SNCL engineering services business has been resilient through COVID-19, with $1.5 billion of revenues in the quarter, a 2% revenue decrease compared to the prior period, and segment-adjusted EBIT up 7.4% to $133 million. The EDPM segment revenue decreased by 4%, mainly due to the combined impact of the COVID-19 pandemic across our region, as clients deferred or canceled projects in sectors such as aviation, education, and commercial property, together with the impact of reduced infrastructure investments in the Middle East, driven by the fall in the oil price. In North America, we had a continuation of the first quarter position, where we saw lower FEMA-related revenue in the U.S. compared with the prior period. EDPM segment-adjusted EBIT was strong at $79 million, an 8.4% margin, in line with our long-term target range and underpinned by long-term client relationships and a strong public sector focus, as well as early cost mitigation measures. In nuclear, segment revenues decreased by 8.5%, mainly due to projects in Canada in 2019, which are now completed, and lower volume in the U.S., partially offset by higher activity in Europe. Infrastructure services saw a 10.1% increase in segment revenue, which had increased scopes of work and additional services on existing operations and maintenance contracts. The nuclear and infrastructure services segments adjusted EBIT margins were also strong in the second quarter at 14 and 7.3% respectively. These were mainly driven by cost control and lower overheads. Now turning to slide 20, the SNCL engineering services backlog is also demonstrating resilience through the unprecedented COVID-19 situation. Awards for the second quarter amounted to $1.5 billion, representing a booking-to-revenue ratio of 1.01, demonstrating the company's strength in winning work, even while working remotely. Backlog at the end of June totaled $11 billion and was in line with the end of March 2020 and December 2019. EDPM had a backlog of $2.7 billion at the end of June, up 2.8% compared to the end of March 2020, while the nuclear backlog was at $1 billion and infrastructure services at $7.3 billion. Turning now to SNCL projects on slide 21. In line with our LSTK exit strategy, revenues for Q2 2020 continued to decrease. Revenues fell by 35% to $462 million, mainly due to the continuing backlog runoff of our major LSTK construction projects. Infrastructure EPC projects delivered a negative segment-adjusted EBIT of $19 million, compared to a loss of $126 million in Q2 2019. This quarter loss was mainly due to forecast adjustments on some LSDK projects to reflect lower productivity caused by COVID-19. Resources recorded a negative segment adjusted EBIT of $122 million, which was also due to lower productivity caused by COVID-19, but also due to the current underperforming services business as cost reduction and restructuring activity driven by the new strategic direction announced this morning was still at an early stage during the quarter and by the $70 million charge on an LSTK project Ian described earlier. Turning to slide 22, the decrease in the capital segment adjusted EBIT was due to our investment in Highway 407 ETR, which did not pay any dividends in the second quarter as toll revenues have significantly decreased since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. We are seeing improvements in traffic volume as Ontario continues to progress with reopening businesses and easing restrictions across the GTA. 
For example, the traffic level during a recent July week was 47% lower compared to the same week last year, compared to a decrease of 67% during the second quarter when compared to Q2 2019. We believe these are exceptional circumstances, and with 78 years remaining on the concession, continue to strongly believe in its long-term value. Moving on to slide 23, cash flows from operating activities have significantly improved in the quarter, totaling $130 million in Q2 2020, compared to a use of cash of $368 million in the same period last year. It should be noted that Q2 2020 benefited from temporary positive working capital from certain projects and also included about $100 million of benefit from COVID-19 government payment terms and sales tax deferrals, which will reverse in the coming quarters. Taking this into account, as well as the announced restructuring charges, second half operating cash flow is unlikely to be as strong as the first half. SNCL Engineering Services generated cash flow from operations of $222 million, a $177 million increase compared to the prior year from strong EBIT conversion and working capital positions. SNCL projects had a significant improvement compared to Q2 2019, but continued to consume cash with a cash outflow from operations of $51 million. And finally on slide 24, as the scale and economic impact on the business from COVID-19 becomes clearer, and the resiliency of the company's businesses are supplemented by management actions, it gives us confidence to give a level of outlook for SNCL Engineering Services for the remainder of 2020. The company expects that SNCL Engineering Services revenue for the second half of 2020 should decrease by a low to mid-single-digit percentage compared to the second half of 2019, and that its segment-adjusted EBIT margins should be between 8 and 10%. We are also keeping our long-term EBIT margin targets for each segment composing this business line. This concludes my presentation. We can now open the line for questions. Thank you. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then 2. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. Our first question comes from Yuri Link of Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, good morning. Wondering, wondering if you could put a little more color on the, uh, the back half of the year guidance uh, for the engineering services business. It, you know, at the, at the midpoint, it's kind of points to a 15 to 20% decline in, in H2 EBIT versus 2019. So what's what's driving that after a pretty good start to the year? Yeah, thank, <clears throat> thanks for the question. So, so overall on the year, uh, as we said in our, in our, in our guidance, on our outlook there, we're, we're, our revenues from SNCL engineering services is is down about between low low single digit mid mid single digits, and <clears throat> on the whole year um, we we felt that the we feel that the business is actually performing very very well. Now the the overview to the kind of the effect that we have is mainly driven from the Middle East and specific aviation and commercial property um, impact. 
And and we've seen that occur through Q2, and we've taken the appropriate kind of cost-out measures to ensure that that, that reduction in revenue in those specific lines of business are um, are out permanently as we as we go through H2. So we've maintained our, our EBIT percentage profitability in in certainly all of the business lines that we've got in engineering services. And, and, and can, can I just ask, was your, your, your question was specifically around engineering services, right? Yeah, because the, the margin guidance um, is, you know, is materially lower than what you had in, in the back half of 19 for that segment. Yeah, maybe Ian, might I comment to that as Jeff? Um, so what, I, what I'd say is you heard in my remarks, um, you know, obviously quarter on quarter, you know, the, the percentage EBIT margin does move around, um, you know, as we indicated at the end of February and, you know, we've re-indicated today, our long-term, you know, EBIT percentage margins in SNCL engineering services overall, we've said is 8 to 10 percent, you know, and in fact, you know, that was also what we said uh, with respect to, to EDPM. Um, and therefore, what we're giving as outlook today is that EDPM would remain in the back half of the year in that 8 to 10% range. Now, you know, sort of quarter on quarter, that may move around in that range, obviously. Um, and you're right, in 2019, it was a particularly strong uh, EBIT percentage margin in, in the back half of the year. I think, you know, as you've heard from me and, and in some of my remarks, the, the impact on EDPM going forward, where we've seen reductions in revenue in the Middle East and in, you know, some of those uh, business lines like aviation or commercial development, you know, will continue and expect to continue to see that in the second half of the year. You know, so we'll, even with the cost actions we've taken, you know, we'll see some, some reduction in overall gross margin, but we've taken, you know, we think the right actions to adjust the cost base to, to be able to preserve the, the EBIT margin percentage on the bottom line. Okay, that makes sense. Um, just want to switch to the, uh, the the new services business within uh, resources, how you're, you're planning on moving ahead with that. Um, Ian, can you give us a flavor of the exposure to that business between mining and, and oil and gas on the services side and um, you know, not that long ago, SNC was a you know a top three player in in mining engineering. I mean, how much of that that platform is is left, and um, do you think you'll be able to participate in the in the current uh, um, gold gold tape that that we're seeing recover here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. What we've what what we're transitioning to here is is something that is complementary to the rest of the businesses that we're taking forward into the future. So, you know, under SNCL Engineering Services, clearly what we're taking into the future is, is professional services and project management. So we looked hard at the resources business that we, we have and the geographies that, it, that, that we're present in. And we obviously looked for where, where have we got a long-term track record of profitability in services work. and and in the end, the plan really revolves around clients, you know, specific clients, both national uh, government clients and, and, and international clients, uh, private clients. So 
I mean, to your specific comment on mining, we've really centered it around specific clients um, in Peru, Brazil, Canada, um, and 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 those uh, are really forming part of the the basis moving forward. And the oil and gas part of this business is again it's centered around clients um, in the Middle East, uh, the, the the kind of national clients in the Middle East that we've worked with for a long time that, that has been profitable, um, and specific clients in, in the US and Canada. So, you know, and, and what we expect from this business as we move it forward is, is a reduced exposure to the sector. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that resources formed 30% of the revenues of the, of the, of the company. And we're, 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 we're targeting 21 for this to be about 10% of, uh, of, of business. But obviously, no LSTK in, in the business, um, professional services, longer term kind of uh, projects and, and, uh, and frame agreements with, with, uh, with specific clients. Okay. Is that? Yeah, no, that's, that's help, good. Help the question. Yeah, thanks. I better turn it over there. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Jacob Bout of CIBC. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, first question here, just on the uh, going back to the resource business. Um, so you announced the sale of the the South Africa uh, resources business. Um, any other uh, parts of the business could actually be sold, or should we just be thinking uh, about this as a right uh, a wind down? Yeah. So the key here, I think, is that we want to, obviously, we want to transition to profitability quickly. Um, and we want to get a, you know, maintaining control of, of destiny, so to speak. So we, we have over the year um, been looking at divesting parts and, and successfully, as, as you rightly referenced, um, divested the South Africa business. We also recently divested um, a fertilizer business from Europe. It's likely as we move forward that the majority of the exit will be closures and, and exits from countries. But if on the journey um, through the rest of this year and into the very early part of next year, you know, if we can divest more, then we will. Um, the important thing for us is to simplify the business, get the overhead down, um, concentrate on these clients that uh, that we've got a long track record with and get the business back to profitability. In, in, you, in your mind, what's what's the potential for future write downs as, as you move through this process? In the services business? I, th I think we've been pretty specific in, in the uh, in the presentation and the um, and the press release, you, you know, about what we expect the range of uh, of losses going through the, the rest of this year and and the um, the restructuring charges. I don't know, Jeff, if you just want to recap on those, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, we indicated that as we as we transform and restructure the business uh, on the services part of the resources uh, segment, we expect losses quarterly losses of fifteen to twenty five million dollars. Uh, but as we've indicated, by the time we get into the beginning of next year, we'd expect to be at a break-even in a level uh, to begin with and then moving into profitability. Okay. Um, 
On the uh, Highway 407, so you, you know, you talked about some of the improvements uh, in volumes. What has the messaging uh, from the 407 been around the dividend? Yeah, I mean, I think I think what we'd say, and you know, Perovial talked to this, I think yesterday or recently in in, you know, in their announcement. Um, traffic volumes are still down. They're clearly improving from where they were in the second quarter. Uh, but I think the the 407's you know decisions around dividends in the future will undoubtedly be related to how they see traffic volumes continuing to improve or not. Um, and I think we'll just have to. I think we'll all just have to to wait and see. It's clearly an you know an asset that has 78 years to go. You know, a concession 78 years to go. We continue to think over that period, it's a highly valuable and attractive asset. So, uh, you know, we're we 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 take that that view, um, but clearly in the short term, we'll have to see what happens with traffic volumes. I think. But no uh, talk around minimum base load levels or anything like that. Yeah, I just don't think we could comment on on any of that now. All right, I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Devin Dodge of BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thanks. Uh, good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, you know, maybe just come back to the resources uh, services business. Uh, look, there's been a lot of good color uh, on the turnaround plan and when you expect it to become profitable. I'm just wondering, you know, when you think about this business, what margins do you think uh, this business should be able to achieve once all these actions are completed and over what kind of time frame should we be expecting? So, I mean, clearly our, our first priority is, is to get this business to profitability. And, the, and the, the key to getting it to profitability is, as I said, it's, it's, it's a reduction of overhead, which I think we've kind of articulated through the, the presentation that that's absolutely one key. I mean, the, the second is, to simplify the business and, and get it get it get it focused on specific clients in specific geographies, and 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 an exit uh, other geographies and close down other parts of the business. So that's our focus. I mean, and that, that's our focus through the rest of this year and into 21. Um, you know, we're not we're not going to give kind of guidance beyond 21 yet, but clearly at the right time, but we will do. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, maybe just switching to EDPM. Uh, you know, the backlog looked like it held up, I'd say, quite well uh, in Q2. Um, you know, just trying to get a sense. What are you seeing in terms of RFP or, or bid activity in EDPM? Yeah. Uh, and I guess how did it progress in the quarter? Just is, are there any yeah. trends, either positive or negative, that, that are standing out to you right now? Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah, good question. I mean, obviously, when when we entered into this, you know, into the COVID crisis. We did a lot of simulation and 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 what if analysis and in actual fact we 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 were obviously really concerned about how how strong the backlog would hold up and and as we went into q two and and worked our way through q two you know a pattern emerged that was really centered around the middle east um, and we took the the relevant kind of adjustment to the the cost base in the Middle East because we felt that was permanent. Um, and we saw other business lines globally, such as aviation and to some extent commercial property, get adjusted. And we also took some some permanent um, adjustments where we felt that the revenues wouldn't come back. 
But apart from that, and, and, and I think what's strong about our EDPM business is that, you know, it really is centered around transport and specifically transport with governments where we've not seen revenue adjustments so much from the transport sector and, and, and government. So we feel pretty strong about this year um, and we feel pretty strong about our revenues going through to the end of the year um, based on what we see now and based on kind of what we have experienced through COVID and would expect to experience in the, in the next couple of quarters. Beyond that, I think it's a bit early to say. I mean, you know, what 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 would, might be the, the effects beyond that I think we need to observe and, and monitor pretty closely. That's good color. Uh, I'll leave it there. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Our next question comes from Michael Topom of TD Securities. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you very much. Um, just in terms of the outlook, uh, the suggestion that in the second half of the year you expect low to, low to mid single digit percentage revenue declines for all of SNCL engineering services. Are you able to be a little bit more uh, specific just in terms of the, the various, the three segments that make up uh, that business line? Um, are, are those declines expected to be across all three or is it more concentrated in one or, or two areas? Yeah, yeah. Jeff, do you want to do you want to pick that up? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll leave. You know, clearly we've made the guidance at uh, at an SMC engineering services level. Um, there will clearly be you know uh, movement and differences within the, within the areas underneath it. Um, you know, I think our observation is that in areas like uh, you know infra services where it has large operations and maintenance and nuclear where there's a you know a lot of essential services. We'd probably see, you know, uh, revenue there, and you know, potentially towards the lower end of the range. Probably see an EDPM where it's, uh, you know, more of a consulting service, engineering services business, maybe towards, you know, the higher end of that range. But to be perfectly frank, um, you know, there's a lot of road still to run on this. Um, and while we have good visibility into the backlog, um, you know, which gives us the confidence to to give the guidance that we are. Clearly, quarter on quarter, month on month, we may see a bit of movement, you know, around that, but we don't expect it to be, you know, materially different. Okay, and just I'm probably clear. just sorry, go sorry, ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, no, you, you go ahead. I, I, what, what I was going to add, sorry, it's just, I mean, our engineering services business hasn't really got like a comparable peer, and because it's got EDPM nuclear and, and infra services within it, so it's somewhat different because there's a lot of long-term contracts, uh, you know, reimbursable services contracts embedded in nuclear and the, and the infra services business. So we felt that as a, as a combination of the businesses that were taking forward, they've been actually quite robust um, because it's, you know, it's got this mix of, uh, of kind of short-term and long-term contracts and, and primarily centered around government. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you. Uh, just in terms of the, the resource services transformation, um, are you able to provide a little bit more detail on what that ultimately looks like in terms of a business mix? Uh, I think you were asked earlier about oil and gas versus mining, but um, just from a mix perspective, either from an end market or geographic perspective, how you sort of envision that business looking once the transformation is complete. And then when you talk yeah. about uh, an expectation of, of margins in that business that are consistent with other engineering services businesses, 
should we be thinking about this eight to ten percent range you've talked about for your SNCL engineering services uh, business as as a as an ultimate sort of objective, or or is there something different about what services and resources will look like uh, at the end of the day? So, so we're focused around the Middle East and and the Americas, and and oh, you could say that there's a balance there between the Americas and, and the Middle East. And it, and it really is about clients. I mean, the, the, the reason for that is, is clients, track record, performance in the past, um, and relationships. So if you think about the, the Middle East, um, I would say weighted towards um, kind of Saudi Arabia, the Emirates, um, with some, some, some kind of uh, relationships in, in Qatar, Oman, Kuwait. And then in the Americas, we're really talking about, you know, specific clients in the US, specific clients in Canada, and, and specific client in Brazil and Peru. I mean, that, 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 that's basically it. It's very, very focused. It's very targeted ar around clients. And to the margin question, and I think, I think we kind of answered that, that we're really, really focused on, on getting this business profitability. Of course, you know, we will drive this business to profitability that's equal to the peers uh, in, in similar kind of business lines as this. Okay, that's helpful. Um, and then as far as infrastructure EPC, uh, that, that segment had been generating uh, profitability yeah. Line for several quarters, uh, it, it turned negative this quarter. Is is that seen as sort of a one-off that's related to COVID? And 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 it, and if so, I mean, how do we think about this business sort of yeah. in the back yeah. half and next year? So so let me let me give you some specifics around that because I think that it is based around specifics. <clears throat> in Q2, we we saw, I mean, we we've we've got um, basically four live contracts um, in the main, you know, one in, in Newfoundland, um, one in uh, Montreal, and, and two in, in Ontario. And, and what we saw in the quarter, um, as you probably uh, have heard, is that certainly our project in Newfoundland was suspended um, for a year. So, so the job is, is being postponed. So all the revenues and, and margins that were expected out of that have, have been deferred for a year. In Quebec, the projects were suspended for seven weeks um, and restarted. But on the restart and, and through to, uh, to, to the current situation, we're seeing productivity losses. And, and in Ontario, the projects continued, but we saw productivity losses. So we, we assess that these kind of productivity losses are between 10 and 15%. And, and the reason for them is because on the physical work on site, you've got to implement social distancing. And, and that has its effect um, in being able to kind of move materials around and move, um, move um, construction activities around. And in addition to that, there's considerably more hygiene breaks. So the, the, the way that we have executed those and, and actually the way that the, the requirements are is that we've got to provide more breaks for, for, for hygiene. So the effect of all of that um, has obviously had an impact. Now, the contracts are not without some ability to recover. 
So the loss isn't all of that. The loss is our assessment of what we think is the outcome for Q2, Q3, of all of this kind of productivity and suspension um, impact. And then we thought it was prudent to to take a charge on that um, as we understand how this develops, you know, past Q3 and beyond. Okay, that's all, Paul. Turn it over. Thank you. Our next question comes from Marco Tesanovic of ATB Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Uh, morning, folks. Mark Tesanovic here, filling in for Chris Murray with ATB. Uh, hey, morning. My question is around your morning, guys. Uh, my question is around your cash balance. Is there cash that you show on the balance sheet right now that's actually tied up in joint ventures? In other words, uh, cash that is not at your discretion to employ. Uh, yeah, so we do have cash on our balance sheet that's um, that's tied up. Um, it, I mean, it's a natural part of, of running the project, and um, so there's about uh, there's about four hundred million dollars of of cash across our joint ventures and projects. Um, you know, about half of that is is in the projects that um, that Ian was just talking about, our main ones underway. Um, but um, you know, we naturally account for that and our share of that appropriately. Um, and it's included in obviously sort of how we think about our working capital movements as well. Okay, thanks. And uh, should we expect that cash to go away somewhat once the lump sum turnkey projects are run off? Yeah, I think. I mean, to my point, you know, about half of it's tied up in in you know those four main infrastructure projects. So obviously, as those wind down over the coming months and years, you'd you'd expect that sort of cash amounts to, um, you know, and that investment in cash and in joint ventures to um, to reduce as well. There'll always be some element of that that uh, with our businesses there, but um, I would expect it to reduce over time. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. Uh, that's it for me, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Our next question comes from Mona Nazar of Laurentian Bank. Please go ahead. Good morning, and thank you for taking my questions. Um, so as you continue to focus on profitability, there's a number of changes, restructuring, and I'm just wondering, with the resources transformation, uh, do you think you've kind of turned over every rock, or if there's a third, second or third wave from COVID, um, are there any additional steps or levers that you may look to pull within the overall business? So yeah, that's a, that's a good overall question. So I think the way we look at this is, that we are we're we're trying to permanently transform the company, um, and and when we set set about this permanent transformation, we we obviously didn't factor in the the COVID impact. But what we what we found is that the business that we we are taking forward, which is SNCL Engineering Services, which currently has the the, the EDPM Nuclear and, and Infra within it, have been really robust um, in terms of COVID. And and obviously, we feel that we made the right decisions a year ago. Now, now we've finalized what we will do with the resources business, um, and and that will ultimately join join the, the family of services business that create the future of the company, which which we believe will complement each other, and and again be reasonably robust to to the the the, the environment that we see through COVID. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I, providing 
COVID stays somewhat as it is now, which is clearly variable globally, um, then I think the performance of that suite of businesses will be pretty much in line with what we've talked about today. Now, obviously, you know, if the world goes backwards to a complete lockdown again, ultimately there, there may be some long-term impact from that, which we, we, we haven't predicted and I'm not sure we could predict right now. And, and then the, the next job for us is to burn off our LSTK backlog. And, you know, we're pretty confident of our Canadian backlog, uh, save for the comments that we made um, in, 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 in the last question about the short-term impacts that we're experiencing on those projects. And then we have to get through the remaining uh, resources backlog, which is, which is clearly being impacted in, in the Middle East as, as, as well through COVID. Okay, that's very helpful. And uh, just secondly, I'm wondering if you could speak specifically about Atkins. Um, when you first purchased Atkins was, you know, double-digit margins, there was over 100 million of synergies. I know there's been some resegmentation in combination with some legacy projects, um, but I'm just wondering if you could speak about Atkins or should I take your overall EDPM commentary as, as that to Atkins as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, we there were other business lines in Atkins that we redistributed into our nuclear and our resources. Um, but in the main, I think what what you just said is correct. I mean, the the body of Atkins is EDPM, and and that's continued to perform um, in line with uh, and, and slightly slightly even an improvement to the pre-acquisition date. Okay, perfect. And just lastly for me, I'm just wondering if you're expecting any um, government aid, so either further tax deferrals or any, you know, room on payment terms or even, um, you know, the emergency wage subsidy. Jeff, you yeah, I, yeah, no, I mean, I think obviously, and, you know, I referenced this in, in, uh, in some of our cash flow, you know, uh, comments that um, we've obviously uh, and you know will experience you know some some timing benefit with respect to for instance deferral of you know UK VAT payments that uh, the UK government has put in place for businesses in the UK or uh, some employment tax uh, deferrals that the the US government has has uh, has indicated in in the um, in the second quarter that amounted to about 100 million dollars against our operating cash flow and obviously that that will reverse in the coming quarters I, to the extent that there's additional, um, you know, ad additional programs put in place, then you know we'll look to see if if we qualify and if that if that helps us uh, from a, you know, or for instance, from a cash perspective, um, you know, we'll do that as well. Um, you know, from a government grant perspective, um, we have seen and uh, been able to qualify for some of that in Canada and the U.S. as well. Um, although in reality, you know, those those payments. Uh, you know, have, have largely simply offset our ability to hold on to, you know, productive capacity within the organization um, that otherwise we would have had to put on temporary layoff or, or permanent layoff. Thank you. That's it for me. Thank you. Our next question comes from Sabahat Khan of RBC. Please go ahead. Great, thanks and good morning. Um, you provided some color uh, in your EDPM segment around uh, you know, some headwinds or some deferred projects in aviation, education, and commercial. 
Can you maybe talk a little bit about geography, maybe, you know, what across Canada and the Americas, whether these segments are also impacted or maybe the kind of end market trends you're seeing across some of your larger markets outside of the Middle East? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the I think most things are holding up pretty well. Um, most geographies are holding up pretty well. Um, as you know, we, we had some impact in Asia in Q1, which came back pretty strong, and we got some new wins in Asia. So that came back quite quickly. Um, we we have uh, about 20% of the revenues coming out of the US. That that that's actually holding up uh, pretty well. Um, the UK is doing is doing okay. That that's held up well, um, and Canada. So I think outside of the Middle East, um, and save for those kind of specific business lines, in uh, that we've identified as uh, as aviation commercial property, which 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 are you know not 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 kind of significant portions to our to our core geographies. Um, I think it's all holding up quite well. I mean, and and I would say again, I think one of the key for us in EDPM is that it's weighted towards government. So 75% of the work is with government and a lot of it is in transport um, that we've seen, you know, continued commitment to transport um, from from governments. So I think that's probably helping us um, and... uh, and, and our main kind of impact has been the, the Middle East, where really projects have been cancelled and and, and and postponed, and, and we've taken some permanent measures to readjust for the, yeah, the, the, the scale of our business in, in the Middle East. Great, thanks. And then on the nuclear segment, I think uh, it was mentioned earlier that the margins there could be a little bit on the lower end. Um, you know, there's like obviously some headwinds in Ontario projects on the nuclear side, but can you maybe comment around whether you're seeing any of these COVID-related impacts on nuclear projects outside of Canada? And then has there been any major push-out of projects or deferrals of the nuclear pipeline that you're pursuing, you know, around the world? I just want to get an idea of how that business kind of the – Okay, let, let me – let's do this together with Jeff. I mean, I'll give you kind of a bit of an overview first and let, let Jeff go into some – maybe some some more uh, granular so so our core geographies for nuclear are, are the US Canada UK pretty much the same as a, a, the general business that we're, we're kind of focused on so in Canada you, you're right I mean the, there was a there was initially some deferment particularly on our Darlington and, and actually that deferment was you know was talked about going through to the end of the year but then it's come back again so it's imminent the restart there is imminent so the impact is is kind of now defined in in the u.s uh, our business is it, is a lot focused around decommissioning and remediation of, of nuclear waste cleanup from from nuclear waste so we have seen some kind of suspension of some of those projects uh, in in the U.S., um, but the impact overall we, is, is not so great. And then in the U.K., we were involved in a, a new build in Hinkley, and we also got services contracts to ongoing both waste and uh, ongoing power generation. And, and the impact there is is very very small. Now, on top of all of that, we do have a, a services and technologies offering which is global, and, and we've seen. 
that pretty much continue and, and pretty much, uh, you know, revenues uh, are pretty flat. So, I mean, with that, Jeff, I mean, I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that, but sort of specifics. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify one element in there. You may have been referring where I said to the lower end of the range with respect to our, our revenue expectations within engineering services for the remainder of the year, where we talked about low to mid single digit. Um, but that was, that was a revenue comment. I don't think I made any comments about, or we've made any comments about specifically nuclear being at the lower end of the range of its you know, long-term target margins of 13 to 15%. And obviously in Q2, we were, we were well within that. We were you know, 14 14.6%. Um, in, you know, in terms of the EBIT range, and you know, as we indicated, we, we'd expect the components of engineering services going forward, you know, to be to be within their ranges as well. No good. Thanks for the clarification. If I could just squeeze in one more, I guess when we look at the uh, the transformation you announced this morning of the resources segment, you know, the nine markets that you're choosing to stay in, was this really, I guess client-driven, or was it the type of work you're doing in some of them? You know, when we look at markets like the Middle East, you're still looking to maintain a presence there. I just want to get an idea of the thought process around how you chose those Yeah, designs. yeah. Very, very much around professional services and project management to specific clients. So and embedded in the business that we, you know, we've, we've, we've always had in, in resources is, is this kind of, the, you know, frame agreements, you know, long-term project management, design, consultancy that we've that we've we've offered for you know the the, the kind of national oil companies in the Middle East, um, some of the international oil companies, um, and also some of the national uh, mining companies in in South America. So it's actually profitable. I mean, and it's a profitable part of of the business. And the, the gross margins are, are good. The work is consist, you know, it's it's consistent because, you know, it's based on long-term frame agreements. It's based on relationships. So the, the real core and essence of the, the the strategy going forward is to focus on that in countries that are complementary to the overall SNCL engineering services business that we want to take forward. And and it also it it, it focuses back you know from a from a generic capability offering, if you like, to complementary skills in design and project management and, and consultancy, which is what we're driving out of all of the rest of the business, you know, in EDPM, infraservices, and, and nuclear. So it's so it's all, it's all highly complementary, and and when we you know transition everything to the future offering in, in the company and work our way through our LFTK backlog. You know that all of these sectors, nuclear infrastructure and resources, will will work together to to offer uh, our capabilities. So it's, it is very much um, you know around project management, um, professional services, and specific clients. Thank you. Our next question comes from Frederick Bastian of Raymond James. Please go ahead. Thanks. My first question is on infrastructure services. We saw significant gains uh, in Q2 with EBIT more than doubling. Uh, can you provide a bit more color on that performance? And wondering if it was all links in, or was there other moving parts here? Yeah. You, what, why don't I take a, 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 some initial comments on that? Okay. Um, part of it. 
part of it part of it was Linkson. Um, you know, we're seeing, you know, particularly compared to last year, uh, you know, we're seeing revenue growth, we're seeing, you know, growth in, in profit, you know, following through as that business sort of gains scale, um, you know, and continues to, to leverage the pipeline that it has. Um, I'd say also at the same time, you know, as you heard Ian say, we've continued over the last year to supplement the operations and maintenance business with new contracts. And you know those uh, the performance on those, uh, which is you know, primarily related to availability, um, you know has held up really well in in terms of COVID nineteen and and uh, you know the backdrop of of, uh, of the environment that we see there. So, you know we're, we were we've seen uh, improved profitability on on both sides there, which uh, which has been good to see. Okay, thanks. Um, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but can I ask? Uh, why it took you a year to to arrive at what seems to be a very uh, probably wasn't a straightforward conclusion on the resources side, but um, just wondering if 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 anything changed from the moment you started looking at it, or did COVID add add, add uh, a big in, you know impact on on your overall decision? No, I, th- I don't think COVID has. I mean, I think the the challenge if we go back a year is that. We, we are at that time. Obviously, we we had six hundred million dollars of LFTK to work our way through. We we had other geographies and businesses, even in services that were not profitable, that we had to work our way through. And embedded in in the you know in the midst of all of this was, was some profitable long term relationships. And and I think we also spent quite a lot of time looking at what. The options were from from you know part divestment, whole divestment, um, closure of the, the whole business, to concluding what 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 is the best long term plan for for, for 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 value creation within this business, and 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 we felt that you know now is the is the right time to conclude on that. We've got an end in sight to the LFTK. We, we've we've been exiting non-profitable business and geographies through the last year. We've not, you know, we're, we're well on with the plan, and we can see a, an end in sight to the transition to profitability. I, I think, you know, if we kind of concluded earlier than this, I, th- I think the task and and getting to the end point would have been l- less definable, should I say? I mean, I, we're we're feeling really comfortable that we can actually get where we've said we're going to get to. Um, and we've, we've got our, our arms around this this business, and we can see, you know, the resources LSTK burning off because, you know, it's not, you know, some of the overhead embedded in this business also supports the LSTK, which, you know, obviously, you know, by the early part of the next year we're out of, and, and all of that comes out as well. So I think it's the right time to to to, you know, to define our, our commitment for the for the future, and, and I'm really pleased with the. The plan that we've come up with, and I, and I think it's the right thing to complement the rest of the business going forward. Thanks, Ian. That, that's great, caller. Thank you. This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Denny Jasmine for closing remarks. Thank you, everyone, for joining the call. That I know there's many uh, many of you still in the queue, but unfortunately, we're running out of time. I'll be more than pleased to answer any of your questions. Please don't hesitate to contact me. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a good day. Bye-bye.
Yeah, thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.